Hello and welcome to Connected, episode 370. It's made possible this week by our sponsors, StoryWorth, Bombus, and Squarespace. My name is Stephen Hackett, and I'm joined by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hello. Hi. Hello. We're also joined by Mike Hurley. What? And live from Federico's bedroom, a special guest. <laughs> Ciao, guys. Ciao, Federico. Oh, it's John Voorhees. That's not me. This is The me. one true John has joined us for this episode. But do not worry, to passionate ones. I know that everyone now thinks that there's a concern about one of our lives. So John is here, but because all three of us are here, nobody has suffered grievous bodily harm. Yet. Oh my God, what's that knife, John? Put that <laughs> knife away! Oh my God! <laughs> the, the line of succession remains intact for today. John has not come here to replace any of us. But you know, it kind of feels it kind of feels uh, like cyberbullying if John's with Federico and he's not on the show. Like he's just like looking at Federico and listening to one third of the conversation. So, hi, John. Hello. You don't know about the rest of the plot. You don't know that Jason Snell has stowed away on a FedEx cargo plane and is in Memphis right now. And, that, uh, and then James, that yeah. this is this is all this was all technically possible. So if this doesn't <laughs> happen, then, then the triple J is honestly failed because like this was. Oh. Right. This if 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 you've gone if you've gone all the way to Italy and the other two just couldn't make it to the other side of their respective countries, then the three of you cannot get anything. Organized. Do you think if they want to take over the show, they're gonna like try and kill us at the same time? Sort of like on Inception, how they need to synchronize all the levels of the dream. Or like uh, the, the, the long knives. He killed all the guys at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Or like uh, in Godfather, like was like was was settling all family business. It's one of those kind. Of, any of those. It's a long episode, guys. There's a lot lot that could happen during this show. Well, let's get started. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's run towards our untimely death. Let's run <laughs> towards it. First off, we have MagTricky. MagTricky.com. Our magnetic Ricky tracker. Uh, as Trophy. of this point... Oh, I'm logged into the wrong account. I was going to tell you how many of y'all have been awesome and ordered but mike you want to tell people about what it is yeah so the mag tricky is an at-home trophy tracker of who holds the chairmanships for the annual keynote chairman it's a, a connected logo uh, artwork magnet and you get a set of smaller magnets that you can use and place in the in like where the over our countries for who has the each chairmanship uh, so you can keep along at home. And then during the closing ceremonies of the Rickies, whenever they occur, you will be able to move your magnets around along with us with our big wooden trophies here. Uh, so you can follow along and track exactly who the chairperson is at any one time. Uh, this set, as well as the magnets, comes with a couple of stickers um, of the of a Rickies trophy artwork created by Lex Postma, who created Rickies.co. Is it rickies.co or the rickies.co? Rickies.co. Mm-hmm. Of rickies.co. There you go. Uh, and so you can go to magtricky.com and you can buy one of these sets for yourself. And then you will be able to participate in the closing ceremonies of the rickies. Does it have crypto? Yes. I'm, all, I'm only buying crypto stuff myself. Okay. So I'm pleased to hear that it's got crypto. This is a crypto it. magnets is what it's nice. called. Nice. Cool, cool, cool. As long as it got crypto, you know, uh, you're I'm in. up for it. So go okay. get it. Whether you're into magnets or crypto, magtricky.com. Stephen, did you log in because you were logging into something? Uh, yeah, almost uh, almost 300 orders have been placed. Wow. 
Wow. So do you want to join one of the passion, all of these 300 passionate ones, the passionate 300? This, <laughs> this is like our army. Like, the, what is it, the 300 Roman soldiers? You know about this, Federico? You must know about this. Like the ones that they made the movie on. Was it? Well, it wasn't Romans. It was Spartan. Spartan. Yeah. Wow. Yes. It's like two different countries, Mike. Is that what is that then? There's nothing. Where, where were the Spartans from then? Although now that you mention it, was the movie incorrect? And they were not actually Greek, but the original story from literature, they were Romans. Oh, see, now I'm confused. Now I'm doubting myself. Because Everyone in the chat saying it's Greece. I don't know why I thought they were Romans. So, you know, sorry. But I also remember this app. There was some, like, historical inaccuracy to that movie, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm sure there's going to be, like, some history professor or, you know, someone in our listeners correcting us pretty soon. So if you do know that original story, please get in touch with me because now I'm obsessed. So I'm actually going to Google it now. I mean, I'm trying and it's not helping me at all. So I think we should just move on from this. But anyway, magtricky.com. Uh, you can pre-order by November 11th, until November 11th, I should say. And orders will ship uh, by the end of November. I returned my AirPods 3. Oh, that didn't last long. Those don't, those don't fit. Team oh, Sylvia. I know what I was thinking of. I'm sorry, guys. I know what I was thinking of. Okay. The movie was correct. You know who was incorrect in references in referencing this movie? Me. Kanye West. Because in the song he says 300 like the Romans. Oh, you that's know, what it I is. just listened to this song that's like 3 days ago. So I'm going to blame Kanye West. Yeah. It's Kanye's for, fault. For my inaccuracy. This is all Kanye's fault. But the movie was correct. It was Kanye that was incorrect. So, okay. moving on. Thank you Kanye for sending that in. <laughs> <laughs> Federico, what did Sylvia think about the AirPods 3? Last time I think she felt like I did. Has her opinion changed? Uh, not really. I mean, she's trying them now. Um, we reset them a couple of days ago and she paired them with her iPhone. Um, she's trying them. She doesn't seem exactly happy about them. Uh, we were just chatting about it this morning um, after we picked up John. Um, she continues to believe they're too big for her ears and especially one i believe her right ear um it's just too too big and and it's uncomfortable and she gets like this pain after a few minutes wearing the 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 airpods 3 so i think she's just um she's trying them now but she's gonna stick with the airpods 2 as long as they're making them yeah it, it's the airpod that's too big to be very clear about this not sylvia's ear yes yeah that was that was Thank you for that clarification, John. We knew there was a reason to have you on this episode. <laughs> I'm glad to be of service. <laughs> she has normal size ears, you know, just to, you know, for additional clarification. It's the AirPods that is the problem. Uh, there is a new set of earbuds, the Beats Fit Pro. So these are, uh, they're kind of, I think The Verge described them as sporty AirPods Pro. So they're like, they have uh, ANC and transparency mode. They don't have wireless charging. Um, apparently they fit really nicely because they have that little wing thing that also like holds the earbuds in your ear. But they do have the silicone in-ear thing. So if you don't like that, maybe it won't work. But if your issue is maybe they don't, that you don't mind the feeling, but they don't stay in your ears, then this would probably be better for that. 
They're two hundred dollars, but and they're available now. I think they look really nice. I think they they look terrific. I've used Jabra headphones before, which have a similar little wing thing yep. that keeps them in your ear, and it works super well. But these they're not very waterproof. They're water resistant. I forget what the rating is, but it's pretty low compared to some of the other ones that are designed for working out. Apparently, they set these sound really good too. Like I was hearing that about the the previous Beats in ears. I don't remember what they're called now. The naming. Studio Buds. Yeah, so uh, Austin, my co-host on the Test Drivers, he much prefers the Studio Buds to AirPods from a sound perspective. So, you know, they all these things are tweaked differently, right? Um, Beats has a different, has always had like a bit of a distinct sound. So, so yeah, I don't know. It's another option at least because my concern is for Stephen and Sylvia is that, that at some point Apple's going to move away from the design that's what i told that's what i told her yeah like it seems to me like this design is kind of done at this point and they're not unless like this major controversy happens and apple realizes oh no we're not selling airpods anymore because people hate the new shape unless that happens and they need to walk back this design it seems like it's a it's a dying um, sort of design at this point, the AirPods 2 generation. And it seems like we're heading toward the future where the default AirPods shape is the AirPods 3 and the AirPods Pro. So yeah. I don't know. Like I told her, like as long as the AirPods 2 are fine, you can keep using them. As long as Apple is making them, you can probably keep buying them. But I can tell you what's going to happen three years from now, you know? Yeah. It's worth keeping an eye, at least, I think, on what other options are available because there might be a better track. I'm intrigued by the Beats Fit Pro and especially the part about also the, the the Verge mentioned this in the review too, like the sound quality being slightly better than the AirPods Pro. Uh, but I cannot buy them yet. Hmm. They are launching in US only, followed by China in 2021 and more countries 2022. Oh, okay. I Weird. guess they really want to get this in, in China for the holiday season although is there a holiday season in china it doesn't chinese new year and what's when's that in january yeah yeah so yeah i guess they they are prioritizing um us and china and maybe we'll get this in the spring hopefully or i can get john to send me a pair maybe there we go yeah that's that's something i haven't done in a while i actually brought a pair of headphones here today you know what i got mike what'd you get the Pokemon headphones, the Grado, the Grado ones. Yeah, yeah. Oh I my got god! Those. Do you have them? Yeah, right beside me. Wow. Uh, uh, Lunar New Year is on is on the first of February this year. Just just as a bit of follow up before we get the follow up. Uh, the Pokemon Center Grado. One. Did I sound good or did I just? I haven't good? tried them. I literally just unboxed them before the show. I need to get new uh, custom ear pads, though, because I and I knew this was going to be a problem. The default Grado ear pad is really uncomfortable for yeah, me. Yeah, I feel like I've seen this a lot of like, sounds really good, terrible to wear. <laughs> yeah. Yep, and I got exactly the one. So there's a link that you just pasted in the in the in the Discord. I got exactly that flavor, like the wooden um, color with the uh, colored uh, Pokeball. That's the one that I got. It looks fantastic in person. But yeah, I got to get custom ear pads that are more comfortable than the default ones. They have Pikachu ones too, which are cool looking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Did you get those or did John get those for you? I picked them up in the US and brought them here with me. Yeah. 
Did you have to bring a separate case for, for all the things we, that you had we, to bring I, him? I, I can't even tell you how much stuff I brought. And it wasn't just for Federico, because we were bringing things for my son, too, in, in Dublin. Right. And then some of the stuff that I had that I had in Dublin, she took back with her yesterday, and then I brought new things to Federico. It's been a whole luggage situation of things shifting around, so... But There's yeah, one the, suitcase that keeps the, the contents keep changing. John is really a headphone smuggler at this point. Is mm. just smuggling headphones in and out of multiple countries, you know. Too, yeah. yeah, I actually brought a pair of AirPods Max to Finn, so he, you know, I had two sets of headphones in my bag. Stephen, did you hear from people about the AirTag battery thing? I did. I got quite a few emails and tweets and things in discord and it seems like most people's air tags are totally fine like the batteries are still good now however many months on but some people said yeah i i have had one die like just in the last few weeks and so maybe there was like a weird batch of batteries or something uh, i put a new battery in the old air tag and we'll see how it goes you know, so these are just the ones that sat around in warehouses for three months while apple was deciding what to do with them Maybe. Oh, yeah, because they were rumored forever, right? Yeah. But uh, I bought a four-pack. It was like one... The other the other three are fine. It's very strange. This episode of Connected is made possible by StoryWorth. When the holiday season rolls around, I mean, it's basically here, uh, you got to start thinking about finding unique gifts for your loved ones. And finding something special gets more difficult every year. So this year, why not give the people you care about StoryWorth? It's an online service that helps you and your loved ones preserve memories and stories for years to come. It's a thoughtful and meaningful gift, and it helps you connect to the important people in your life. Each week, StoryWorth emails your relative or friend a thought-provoking question of a choice from their vast options. Each unique prompt asks questions you've probably never thought to ask, but would be curious to know, like, what's the bravest thing you've ever done in your life? Or if you could see into the future, what would you want to know? After a year, StoryWorth compiles all your loved ones' stories, including photos, into a keepsake book that you'll be able to share with others in your family and revisit for generations to come. And reading the weekly stories can help bridge the distance if you live a long way from your loved ones. I love the questions that StoryWorth comes up with. It really is a collection of questions that you wouldn't think about on your own. They're very thought-provoking, very well done, and it really makes it a meaningful and memorable gift. With StoryWorth, you'll know that you're giving those you love, a thoughtful, personal gift from the heart, and helping to preserve their memories and stories for years to come. Go to storyworth.com connected and save $10 on your first purchase. That's storyworth.com connected to save $10 on your first purchase. Our thanks to StoryWorth for their support of the show and Relay FM. So I think I've worked out, Stephen, why John needs to be here today. Uh-huh. Because Federico requires representation now because he's too fancy for us. So, like, we have to, mm -hmm. like, John has to sit here while Federico talks and make sure that we're not asking Federico questions he doesn't want to answer, stuff like that. Yeah. Because Fe Federico is now a reliable and oft quoted source for the New York Times. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like I need a, I need my, my, my handler over here. <laughs> <laughs> ask your questions carefully because you don't know you don't want to take down notice to have this you know episode taken down later on this week yeah i mean if, if you ask me stuff that that i'm not supposed to answer johnny's just gonna cut you off uh so you know my client is not gonna answer that so um i mean you we can talk about the times we can talk about um some behind the scenes but uh, 
That's enough. That's enough, Federico. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hang on. John, when you were an attorney, did you ever get to say, I uh, advise my client not to answer that? Uh, yes. <laughs> nice. Yes, I did. God, but that was so cool. <laughs> yeah. Not not because of criminal stuff, but because it's like, you know, there's boundaries. They're not your clients anymore. You can say if they were criminal. Yeah. No, they weren't. <laughs> they weren't. <laughs> well, they may have been, but they weren't. Not, not, the, uh, not the part that I was involved in. <laughs> I just tried to open the New York Times story, and now Safari is beach balling. Yeah, because it's a bad browser. What, Safari? You use Chrome now? Yeah, I've switched to Chrome earlier this year. Whoa, wait, what? We haven't spoken about this, have we? No. No, why? Why, though? Why? Because Safari was really ugly all summer, and now I've gotten used to all my stuff working in Google Chrome. Uh, Like, my favorite thing that doesn't work in Safari 15 is if you try to search in a Google Sheet, it won't find Mm -hmm. anything. It pulls oh, up really? the browser search instead of the sheet search like one out of three times. And as someone who lives in a Google sheet for his job, uh, it's very frustrating. I have to force quit Safari now. <laughs> so that's done. I've done that. That's fine. Now it's reopening. New York Times. And the New York Times tab just didn't didn't reopen, so I'm just going to leave it. John, Justin, Justin from Discord wants to know, did you ever get to slam your hand on the table and yell, Objection! No, unfortunately not. Uh, you want to do it now? Objection. <laughs> <laughs> All right. John, uh, you have... Uh, I, I want to grant you the ability to do that at literally any point during the show whenever you feel is necessary. Got it. So, Federico, <laughs> why were you quoted in the New York Times? I <laughs> uh, was about to slam his hand on the table again. Um <laughs> It was just it was hovering there. Um, so uh, Daisuke um, from the New York Times um, DM'd me uh, last week saying that we're working on a story about uh, the apple polishing cloth, <laughs> and um, I was wondering if I could ask you some questions because I saw that you received one and you've been tweeting about it. And so now you need to understand the context of how I received this message. I was out at a birthday party and I was having drinks. And imagine sort of that scene and I got a DM from a New York Times reporter saying that he wants to interview me about a cloth because he saw my stupid tweets about it. <laughs> like that was a, I was like, I, I showed the message to Sylvia. I was like, can you believe this stuff? Um, so yeah, uh, we got on the phone the next day, we chatted for like 20 minutes and of course, you know, asking a bunch of questions and uh, what made it into the story was that the fact that I initially I thought it was a ridiculous product and I thought that it was a joke and then I realized oh, this is probably going to be, you know, it's got meme potential for like stupid jokes and that kind of stuff. And how the tweets that I've been, that I, that I sent last week about the polishing cloth had hundreds and thousands of likes and retweets and that kind of stuff. And the story was about uh, the, the, the most anticipated product right now from Apple is a, ni- is a t- $19 um, cloth. So uh, it, it was funny. My, what was even funnier was the fact that when I told my mom that I was in the New York Times for this kind of interview about a, a piece of cloth, she printed out the, the article at work and she hung it up at work oh. as <laughs> photocopies. Like my son 
Federico is in the New York Times. The problem is, it's like, yes, mom, I Do am in the Times. Do you feel embarrassed that this is what she's proud about? Like, you know? Exactly. My mom, I've done, I've done things in my life. I'm very proud of things that I've built in my life. Yeah. Being interviewed about a cloth, not my top five, you no. know? Yeah, but it's it's like old media, right? So it feels like a big deal to the... It's also how it always goes, right? It's the story that's the one that you spent five minutes writing that that takes off and and goes viral. Yeah, it's the one yeah. phone you record in your bedroom that ends up on the CBS Morning Show, and it's still the times. Like you cannot, you cannot decline. You know, you cannot say no. You know, I'm too cool for the New York Times. So, and also it's fun to keep to have these connections and to have your name, you know, Mr. Vitici on the New York Times. Uh, now it's the t- second time actually that Mr. Vitici has made an appearance in the in the New York Times. Which are you more proud of, your amp rant or your cloth? Tweet? Honestly, I'm I'm more proud of, of of my polishing cloth reporting. You know, the tweets were really funny. Um, I am right about amp. But the tweets about the cloth were funnier. So, I mean, it's... Hold on. John, this is the cloth, by the way. Oh. Is this your first experience with the cloth? Oh, come I on. Haven't. I've got one here. It's not a big deal. No, I've never seen one, though, Stephen. I've never seen one. I came all the way, the, all the way to Rome for this. Try this and is... polish the screen. Mm. Oh, it How works very that? well. How's the polishing experience? Uh, it's it's wonderful. I'm using it's got it with a lot my more iPhone. grip to it than than it does. It almost feels rubberized. Kind of, yeah, yeah, it's kind of ru- almost feels rubberized or something. I actually don't like it as a cleaning cloth. I will say, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> I do not like it as a cleaning cloth. It is difficult to clean anything with this cloth. It takes away more it's very uh, effort than you would than you would want. It's very grippy. Stephen, do yeah. you do you often clean your expensive monitor with this thing? I do. Got a little smudge on it right here. Just now it's gone. Do you not worry you're going to push the whole monitor over? Like, I don't like, I just tried cleaning my iMac with it and it's. Yeah, but the iMac weighs nothing. The Pro Display XDR is 900 uh, pounds. Yeah, I have to like, I, I genuinely have to hold the foot down because if I push on the iMac, it's going to go over. Yeah. I mean, there's no way they could put all of this technology in the laptop screen. So why wouldn't it be 4,000 pounds? You know, it's really, it's the reason <laughs> I bought the stand, you know? Right. So I could it. do this. So you could clean it. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, Stephen, um, this didn't make the New York Times, but I did mention you specifically in the interview. Oh, man, your mom could have been proud of me, too. She is already. <laughs> Don't worry <laughs> about it. <laughs> um, I mentioned, uh, so the, the guy asked me, um, do you have any other examples of Apple making ridiculous uh, products that are also expensive? And so I went, <clears throat> okay, so I have a friend. He's actually a really good friend. And my co-host on one of the podcasts that I do, he bought the a wildly expensive Pro Display XDR <laughs> with the stand. And he's got wheels for the Mac Pro. He's got it all. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think I, I said, you know, there's a market for these kinds of people buying these kinds of accessories from Apple. Yeah. Uh, and, and I know one personally in real life, they exist. Yeah, the wheels are very good. Yeah, but they cut that part from the interview. That's a bummer. I got quoted in Wired this week. Not what? as cool as the New York Times. Really? What? Yeah. I saw that, Mr. Focus See? Mode. I, yeah, I don't that. know why this happened, honestly. So uh, Tyler from Wired 
sent me a message to ask for like what I thought about focus mode for an article they were working on. And it's just a quote from me and then some examples of different focus modes. Oh, yeah. I, I don't I don't know what I, like I mean I'd said what I thought about it. I don't I I had just assumed there was going to be quotes from a lot of people in this article, but it was just me. Mm. So clearly I am a focus mode influencer. I'm going to read your I'm going to read this quote. Please do. You you are credited as Relay FM co-founder, which I appreciate. That so, he, he asked and I said be, that's what be, I wanted. Between the two of you I'm very close. Um <laughs> Wait, what? If it goes New York Times wired, what yeah. is next? Uh, John will be you know? quoted in, uh, I don't know, The Atlantic or something. <laughs> I also have a workout focus that blocks everything except the activity app. Yeah. I set up an automation in the shortcuts app. You should have called it Siri Shortcuts. I should have. To trigger this one whenever I start a small set of workouts. So it wouldn't go off as I was taking a walk. Just went in specific exercises. You put a literal flex in your quote. What? What? <laughs> oh, mm, I got a workout focus. Mm. Now look at you, Mister M- Mister Muscle. Yeah. Look at you being oh, so fancy. Muscle Hurley over there. <laughs> I don't have bolts holding my foot together. Um, I'm flexing right now when I do the show. Look at my muscles over here. I have a mm. focus for my. No, Federico. <laughs> he has a recording focus that only allows text messages from his wife. And Slack messages wow. from our VP of sales to get through to me. So if you mm-hmm. were, I need to talk to him during recording. We can't do it. You're doing, you're talking to me right now. <laughs> but sometimes we have to back channel. Yeah, well, uh, I have to just rely on uh, the, the notifications going up. I don't like to be distracted when I record. So I have to, because if I, if I allow the two of you, I love you both. If I allow messages from the two of you, that's constant, right? I don't know what you're talking about. It's not so bad. Come the, on, the the four of us. So we had the four of us. This is this is actually just a real time. Uh, uh, this is this is what our text group chat is like all the time. Yeah. If I allow that, hey Joe, tell Carrie to text Mike for if me. I allow all that to just continue. We we I won't be able to concentrate on anything. Yeah, it is kind of constant. See, it's really not that bad. You know, the real focus lies within you. Shouldn't be the phone that helps you focus. See, now I see I have three unread iMessages, which I'm sure is something to do with the two of you. It can't be. Let me go check. See that? Do you not know anybody else? That's kind of sad. Not constant, come on, it says. That's over, sp- spread over three messages. <laughs> so see what I'm saying? This Fake is news. like you, you, you sent, Stephen sends these kinds of messages to us while we're recording all the time. And usually it's like when someone else is talking. So like I'm going through this big thing and then he's just sending a bunch of messages. This is why I need a recording focus and why Stephen is not in it. Harsh. See, now there's another two messages. One says for real, the other says fake news. So this is this is what's going on. Oh, so. and now John said a gif. Oh, well, congratulations, both of you, uh, big media boys over there. Remember us when you're famous. Oh, Federico just <laughs> broke through. <laughs> he just sent me, you know what you could do with the thing to like to get through the notifications? Yeah. He's just done that to me. I now realize what I've done. Yeah. Oh, this is bad news for you, me. You've just completely, completely made your recording you should, focus you useless. Have, you shouldn't have put that on record. Now uh, it's, on, now it's yeah. your problem. <laughs> Man, remember when Wired was a magazine? That was fun. Oh, that's an unnecessary burn. Come on. It still is a magazine. Is it? 
Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> they came back. It was a magazine. Magazine went away. Magazine came back. I didn't know. Uh, Mike, your MacBook Pro is in. Yeah, man. Uh, remind us what you got and give us some uh, some hot Hurley takes. I got. I have to go and look because I can never remember. I mean, if you haven't already promised an exclusive to Wired. I mean, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but no, I'm not. Oh, done. no. <laughs> can you imagine? No, I got a 14-inch MacBook Pro in space gray. 64 gigabytes of unified memory, the M1 Max 10 core with 24 core GPU. Uh, I got a 16 core neural engine, which everyone loves. Oh, I'm that's super good. Excited about, of course. Nice. I nice. actually did use this the other day. I was I was using the um, ML Super Resolution thing in uh, Pixelmator Pro. It's really fast, isn't All it? All 16 cores of it. I was like, oh, you, you know, know what? I've actually just used the neural engine, so hooray for me. Uh, two terabytes. When SSD. I try to when I try to run that on my Mac Pro, it really makes me sad. Really? Yeah. It's not nearly as fast as this laptop. Well, because I guess it doesn't have it, right? Mm-mm. It's just it, the it brute, it brute forces it, I guess. Oh. But, you know, in other things, the MacBook Pro and my Mac Pro basically just trade blows, so that's fine. I'm fine. Uh, so I got, yeah, so that's what I got. Um, the thing for me that I was not expecting, which is actually my favorite thing about this computer, is the design. It's like, I I look at it and I'm like, you are a very good looking computer. It's like subtly different, but in enough ways that overall, I really enjoy it. Like, I just, I mm. absolutely love the way this computer looks. Because most of the time I am seeing it closed when I'm here at the studio because I'm plugging it into my monitor, which makes me so sad now because I have a monitor that I used to really like, but the monitor on the MacBook Pro, like the screen is vastly better in colors, obviously ProMotion, which is flaky, but does work in some places. And like the black levels and stuff, it's just so much better on the uh, MacBook Pro than on the LG display that I have. So that makes me sad. Um, I, there's nothing I could do about that. I'm just going to have to stomach it for a while. I'm not buying a Pro Display XDR. This is not going to happen. Hmm. Uh, it's incredibly powerful, right? Uh, I'm very thankful for RAM because I no longer have to see the, hey, you have no more RAM message that I used to get every single day on my MacBook Pro. That's the thing they used to get? You have no more on RAM? Six, on, my, on my M1 MacBook Pro, it used to tell me that I had too many apps open and it really? wanted me to close them. Yeah, it used wow, to happen to me okay. every day. I actually saw a report on Mac rumors that this has been happening to people um, on the new ones and there seems to be a memory leak. So I don't know if that was happening to me on my M1 MacBook Pro, or if, it, yeah, but I have not had any issues at all on the current one. Um, and so I'm, this is why I went for 64 gigabytes of RAM, honestly. I never wanted to see that thing again because it was really annoying. I like to have lots of apps open, and then I can just do what I want to do with them. Um, I did some basic benchmarks, and it's about 20%, 20 25% faster at my most intensive tasks. So this is like bouncing an episode of a show, so like exporting it from Logic or doing some audio uh, effects or matching or volume matching and all that kind of stuff, like processing of stuff. Faster than what? Oh, sorry, than my uh, M1 iMac, which was okay. about the same speed as my iMac Pro for all of this stuff, right? So it's, you know, basically this is 20% faster than any other machine that I own. But the thing is, all of that stuff's great, but I'm not actually using this computer for any of those tasks. But it does make me feel excited for the future when I will at some point have a more like a M1 Pro or something like that in a desktop machine that will replace my M1 iMac. But that's not you know that's not going to be anytime soon. However, you know I like that um, 
I like that I have this power. When 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 I'm going to be traveling in the future, I will have all of that available to me for recording and editing, which is great. Because honestly, like that's when I always want things to be quickest anyway, right? Like if you're traveling, I want all of the, you know, I want the processing to be as fast as it can be because I tend to have less time than when I'm recording when you know, under regular circumstances. Uh, but overall, it's like just such a good computer, man. Oh my god, I love it so much. It's it's really awesome. I'm very happy about it. Um, it, it really, I don't know, I'm not saying anything that people haven't already said, but like th- there is something about this computer which is, it does feel like a different Apple now. Um, you know, because like, it was, I think the, the M1 iMac, which we're going to talk about a little bit more in a little bit, the thinness of that computer is really awesome, but did still feel like a like an a- typical Apple Flex, right? Like It's like unnecessarily thin. Completely, right? Like they did it because they could. And I think what they come out with is like, I, I, as a user of this machine, I love it because it's so thin. But it has made it worse to use in some ways because there's certain ports they couldn't put on this machine because they're too thick, right? Or they had to put them in weird ways, like in the power connector on the side, right? So I think that there was still a little bit of concern going up to this MacBook Pro, right? Of like... What if they continue that approach in some strange way? But I can't find any compromises in this computer. Like, I, I, don't, I don't see them. I don't know where they are. Like, you know, like it really feels like they have created the, the product that we always wanted from this line, you know? So I don't know. It just makes me very excited about what the future of the Mac's going to look like and that there will be these two areas where it's like for consumer products, consumer-focused products, like the MacBook Air, the iMac, that kind of stuff. They're going to keep making those things, in theory, thinner and lighter and more portable because it makes sense in those environments to do that. But then where more power is required or more flexibility is required, you still want to be able to have access to all of that and, and thinness and lightness isn't necessarily the thing to optimize for. And that's what these new MacBook Pros feel like. So I think it's great. Yeah, I've only been more impressed with mine the more time I've spent with it. It mm-hmm. it really is a, just a fantastic machine. And I, I agree with you. Like, I can't really find any major compromises they made with it i guess some people would say the notch is a compromise but uh, it a weekend like i totally don't care about it it's yeah it's a non-issue federico did you order one i ordered two of them actually okay not one uh so yeah i did place in an order for one macbook pro for sylvia another macbook pro for me and uh, as expected, I am selling my Mac Mini, and I'm going back to my to the MacBook Pro lifestyle for all my podcasting, and who knows, maybe even more. Maybe I'll use the Mac more. I don't know. But um, yeah, we got a base model M1 Max for Sylvia, and base model M1 Pro for me, both right. with 32 gigs of RAM. Um, but yeah, I, I figured, you know, Sylvia needs more performance than I do for her design work. I just need to do some podcasts and, you know. Yeah, I actually think the way you've mixed those two together, it makes a lot of logical sense. Because plus as well, you know, like, I know that Sylvia held on to her last laptop for a while. So yeah, this will do that too. Like if she wants to just have this machine and not worry about changing it around, like going the max, you will get a little bit longer out of it too. You know? Exactly, so. exactly. Both 14-inch models. Uh, mm-hmm. So we we got the smaller one, and uh, I, I'm excited honestly because I 
I'm getting kind of tired of of this Mac Mini um, and the fact that in the summer when I spent three months at the beach house, I couldn't take it easily with me. And I had to ask every time Silvia to borrow her computer. And uh, it was an old computer, like it was a 2017 MacBook Pro with a touch bar with the stupid keyboard and the battery was starting to give out a little. So we are both excited to get a new MacBook Pro for different reasons. The only thing that I would add one thing of note regarding the design when she first saw the pictures of the MacBook Pro and I guess eventually we should get Sylvia on the show maybe because she does have a lot of opinions that make for good follow-up material and connected um, she looked at the photos of the MacBook Pro and she was like I don't like it it looks old and chunky and yeah uh, I thought that was an interesting perspective it's like why is it not thin and beautiful like my current one and I was like, well, because like they are adding more battery and better performance and the new screen technology and all that. Just like, yeah, well, okay, I'll get it, but it looks ugly. Have you actually seen it, seen it, or just seen images of it? Just seen images and videos like video reviews from YouTube and that kind of stuff. Okay. I wonder if her opinion will change on it when you actually have it. I wonder the same. I'm curious. I think she she dislikes the sort of flat edges aesthetic. She, she, I feel like she was a, um, she was a big fan of the Johnny Ive design mm-hmm. of Apple stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like thin curved edges, you know, that kind of aesthetic, which is, uh, it's not necessarily there anymore when you look at the latest stuff. Yeah, it's boxy. It's not much thicker. It looks thicker. That's the thing. It's boxy. Because there's no, there's word, no yeah. tapering now. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, it, but see, like, what I, I think what I like about it is it does feel like a throwback, and that's what I like. But that's my taste, right? Where like mm-hmm. I'm like that looks like a power book. I like mm-hmm. it, you know. But if if you're just moving along with the design trend and don't have nostalgia for weird old computers, then maybe I can see why she would say like I don't know. It's also it's very aggressive. The design is quite aggressive. I think. Would you? I could potentially say it's a masculine design and i think, I think that what, what would be very traditionally masculine right like if yeah. you would consider it's this is a harder thing to explain right now yeah. that's why i use the word aggressive uh, yeah. in it's in its kind of look because i don't know maybe they're going for that like professional look like it's like you know like, i don't know like here we go you know it's hard to describe but i know what you're saying yeah, and it, but, but like judging from her first reaction, was like, why is it so like, you know, with this flat edges and thicker and looks like an older computer and like, and I think she has a point there, you know. So I think it's it, but personally, I like it. I like that aesthetic. I like that mm-hmm. it's thicker because I know there's more power in it. But I also know she's gonna use this computer on her lap all the time and so that's slightly concerning but also like there's no better solution like i told her like look you can't keep using this computer you need a new macbook pro for your work your only alternative here is to use windows (laughs) or to use a macbook air i don't think you Mm want to use a macbook air so uh, what you're gonna get a windows computer and so she's like no no i mean i'll get the macbook pro but i prefer the design of the old one uh john is there a macbook pro in your future there is not. I've come really close to purchasing one. And I really, I mean, for me, I think the display is the thing that really attracts me to it more than anything else. I've been using a MacBook 
air since, I guess, November of last year. And I absolutely love it. And while I would love to have the extra power that the Pro provides, I'm kind of a holdout. I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit in a bit, but I'm going to hold out and see what happens next year. I'm kind of in the Jason Snell camp, if you've listened to Upgrade. I'm waiting for a bigger screen of some kind. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Bombas. Bombas Missions is really simple. To make the most comfortable clothes ever and to match every item sold with an equal item donated. So this holiday, when you give Bombas to someone on your list, you're also giving them to someone in need. It's a give-give. Bombas designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be clothes you can't wait to put on every day. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a luxuriously cozy feel. I like luxury and coziness. They're made from super soft materials like merino wool, pima cotton, and even cashmere, which makes them the perfect cozy winter layers. There's a pair of Bombas socks for everything you do. They come in performance styles for every sport and holiday styles for when you're feeling festive and everything in between. Their t-shirts are made with a thoughtful, design. They really put a lot of effort into their features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and the perfect weight so they hang just right. Bombas underwear has a barely there feel with second skin support that might make you forget they're there at all, but you know, in a good way. Bombas are the coziest gifts for everyone on your list. And thanks to their festive gift boxes, you don't even have to wrap them. All you have to do is do the giving. Socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters in that order. And that's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. Bombas are made to be the perfect gift and made to give back to those in need. So happy giving. Go to bombas.com connected and get 20% off any purchase during their big holiday sale. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash connected for 20% off. That URL one more time, bombas.com slash connected. Our thanks to Bombas for their support of the show and Relay FM. Uh, so, John, I know that you have had a 24 inch M1 iMac for a while, a review unit, uh, and I kind of just want to check in and see how that's been treating you. It's been going great. I mean, I got this right before WWDC, so early June. It really made the Monterey review this year a lot easier just because I had somebody else's computer to put it on and and I didn't have the you know the concern of wrecking my own and I ran my old Mac mini which is like Federico's here in the closet basically and had a couple of things that I still did on that because Isotope and Adobe Audition weren't always working on the Monterey betas I'm actually not sure about Audition now because I haven't tested it in a while but Yeah, it's good now. Oh, is it? That's good to know. Um, but I was running an older... Ver- There's also an M1 version of Audition now, which Adobe's so mad, like maddening to me, where oh, you know. can download multiple versions of an application. Like, I had like three versions of Audition, and they're all being updated, and they were all on my machine. So and they're all double huge. Check it. They're massive, yeah. And so I would, yeah. if anybody that uses any Adobe products, just pay attention to it because you may have an M1 version of the application on your Mac, but because you're launching it from your dock like I am, you're still launching the the uh, the Intel version. So just keep an eye on that. 
Right. No, that's that's a good that's a good tip. I mean, I got into the habit over the summer when it wasn't working of doing loudness matching and the isotope stuff on my old Intel Mac Mini in the closet using screens. And that actually works really well because I could have that kind of working in the background while I was doing something else. And then I'd see when it was done and just start doing the edit on the iMac. But literally everything else that I did starting in June through now has been on the iMac. I've worked almost exclusively on the iMac since June and almost exclusively in Monterey too. So the model that they sent me was the silver one, which was kind of a bummer because I really would like an orange one. Um, that's the color that if I were buying one for myself, I'd get. Mm -hmm. But, you know, or maybe blue, I suppose, is another another one I might consider. But uh, I have silver. It. What's nice about the silver is that if you have it out in an open area in your house, it just kind of blends into the, you know, any any decor. Mm. It's just so neutral looking that it works really well because my, my desk is in a real open area. And the, the two things that I think, well, that there are two things that have really set it apart for me from using the Mini. One is the screen is just so gorgeous. I mean, it's, a, it, it's why I want Apple to make a display because it's such a good screen on that iMac. And the keyboard, I love the keyboard because of the Touch ID. It's so easy, just like my MacBook Air, to place my finger up there and log into websites all day long. So that's, it's like a quality of life, th life thing that just accumulates over time and has been fantastic to have. The, the, I guess the, the one thing about this machine I don't like that they sent me is that it's only 500 gigabytes. I got to the end of the, the Monterey beta season and I actually had one of the last betas. I had to delete a bunch of things just to install it because I'm not really good about cleaning up my, my drives. I do delete you know, my working files from podcast editing every week, but I keep all the logic projects and I usually eventually put them on some kind of external storage, but I had lots and lots of logic projects and other big files. Plus I was testing a bunch of apps. So, but it's, I mean, it's been fantastic. I, I'm really torn because I do have to send it back very soon within the next month. And I'm not really sure what I'm going to do yet. I think I think what I'll probably do is run my MacBook Air because I really can't go back to the Intel machine. I, I love the M1 so much because it's so fast that I'll probably run the MacBook Air in clamshell mode and then connect it to an external display and then see what Apple does early next year. I'd really like to get an M1 Mac Mini with more ports and use an external Apple display or hmm. else... Or else a large iMac Pro. Something like 27 inches would probably be perfect for the space that I'm in. So so that that's your ideal is an iMac, a, a Mac Mini with some kind of display. Why would you want that over like a more powerful iMac? Because I don't feel like I need the, the power necessarily. I'm more right. concerned. I really want the screen more than anything else. I've been working on this MacBook Air for so long. And the thing that's amazing about the MacBook Air is the battery life. I mean, it actually outlasts the new MacBook Pros, which is one of the reasons I, I kind of decided to stick with it. Because, you know, when you start traveling again, one of the first things you'll find is you'll forget to bring something with you, which I did on this trip. I did not bring a charging brick of any kind whatsoever. Wow, John. It, <laughs> and you know, I had You're all the cables. Practice, man. <laughs> I know. I I left it. I left it sitting on my desk because Federico and I were, were recording right before I left. But um, 
Yeah, I left it at home. I had all the cables. But, you know, I really didn't need it because we were doing graduation stuff in Dublin for my son's graduation. And I was using it on and off here and there, but it lasted two days without doing any charging. And really the same with my phone because I had the battery backpack too to extend that. And then I borrowed a, a brick from Finn. So you know, I'm going to stick with the, the air, I think, for travel stuff. I agree. I think it's right. I just wanted to say that. I just wanted to pop in and say I agree. I think I think a lot of people are sort of in that in-between space right now where they really want to move to Apple Silicon, but maybe the like the machine that really is for them isn't uh isn't quite there yet, if that makes sense. Right, right. I mean the thing that would push me over to buying a pro machine, like either a MacBook Pro or something else that hasn't been announced yet, would be the ports because you know, the MacBook Air does only have two Thunderbolt ports, and that's not great, although I haven't found it to be that big of a constraint. And the iMac has four, and that's plenty for me on my desk. I, I love that the Ethernet's on the floor and that I only have a couple of things connected to the iMac. It just looks really nice sitting there. It's a, it's a beautiful computer, and it, and it declutters my desk, which is, which is pretty cool. How have you dealt with the screen size, like the 21.5? Because, like, for me... I got the second monitor for when I'm recording. Like that's what I use it for. All my audio hijack stuff is there. Like I, I didn't feel like the 21 inches was enough for a desktop machine for me. Yeah, I think it's 24. 24. 24. Yeah. Sorry, 21 was the old one, but still the 24. Yeah, it, it's a little too small, I think, and that's why I'm not running out and buying one of these for myself when I send this one back to Apple because I think 27. I've got a 27 inch 4K external display. And that's kind of my minimum. I would I would potentially go larger, but I think given my current setup, 27 would be just about the sweet spot. It hasn't bothered me too much. I I think, you know, when I'm writing, I can have Safari and Obsidian open half and half side by side, and that's perfectly fine. And then usually when I'm doing things like podcast editing, I'm just in logic full screen anyway. So I haven't I haven't, it hasn't bothered me that much, but it can be cramped if you're trying to switch between a lot of different apps. Well, John, I'm sorry you've got to send it back. Uh, it is a great machine. I was sad to send the one I had back, uh, especially because it was orange. It is the right color. It is the right color. Man, what a, what a good computer. I've, I've extended the loaner twice, so I think it's time that it has to go back. I don't <laughs> think I can ask, I don't think I can ask a third time. You, Probably you not. You need to let it go. You need to let it go, John. Yeah, you That's gotta right. let it go. That computer wants to go something, home. If you love something, let it go. You know? <laughs> yes. You know, talking about Macintoshes, because uh, I figure, you know, we got John here, we keep talking about the Mac. Stephen, you wrote a thing on 512 about a bigger MacBook Air as mm -hmm. like a possibility. And I wanted to hear your thinking on this. Like, why why do you think that there should be a bigger MacBook Air? I mean, I think people like big screens. And if you look at Apple's lineup, it's really, I mean, part of it is, is I didn't write this in the piece. Part of it is I hope they don't go smaller again because I think that's more confusing. Like, returning to the MacBook time, uh, you know, 2015, that era. But I think that there's totally room in the lineup for the MacBook Air to be 13 and 15 inches. And that 15-inch MacBook Air taking the price point of the, you know, the touch bar MacBook Pro is still around, uh, the M1. 
uh, really to hold that price point. And I think if Apple made a bigger MacBook Air to hit that price point, the MacBook Pro could be expensive. It could be the $19.99 that it starts at. And I think there are a lot of people who would like a bigger display than 13 inches, but don't need or can't afford or should afford the 16-inch MacBook Pro. It's always been the case with Apple's uh, laptops that this, you know, the the more powerful ones are usually bigger. And they've broken that with the M1 Pro and M1 Max machines. You can get them basically mm-hmm. the same. But I think it could break down even further and give people who want just like a bigger consumer notebook, give them an option. Uh, they did it once. Also, in 2002, they had a 14-inch iBook for a long time. So there's some precedent for it. And I just It feels to me like a machine that could be really successful for them. You know what I want? I want the 11-inch MacBook Air to come back <laughs> as an M1. Yeah, see, I heard from all those people. Like, I want a small computer again. Okay. Like, I didn't so now, say you couldn't have okay, it. Okay, now we've gone on both ends. Both ends. Honestly, there should be all sizes of everything. I mean, look at the iPad, right? There's a whole there's a whole range. Yeah. Yeah. There should be mini, regular, big, bigger. You know? Yeah. There should be one size for everything. Mm-hmm. Small, Basically. small, medium, 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 large, and large. Just, yeah. Just go all the way yeah it's like it's like the they should follow the starbucks approach when you, you know when you go to starbucks and you have the whole menu the whole venti. ui for Grande. yeah they should make like a macbook oh. venti for example this guy knows nothing about starbucks they don't no, have a- <laughs> no i know my starbucks because i've been to london heathrow and that's the only coffee that you can get and so you you go downstairs and there's the starbucks and you get in line and you're like i want a coffee and they look at you like what coffee it's like a co- espresso it's like what's your name Federico? Oh, frederico okay thank you i know starbucks and i know yeah, that i can the they experience. cannot spell my name right i'll tell you that much so they don't spell anybody's name right at starbucks it's kind of so, the whole thing. I know they have sizes at Starbucks, right? They do. There should be sizes for MacBook Air. I do think, though, this 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 proposed larger MacBook Air is probably more what Sylvia would want than this MacBook Pro, like going back to what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. I, she does like that design. Right, because that's going to be thinner, tapered, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it, more powerful, bigger screen, more modern but with that, like, design-for-design design aesthetic, you know? Yeah. Sylvia, Sylvia wants the Venti MacBook Air. They, that's what they, they, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- there's also a rumor uh, that the in the future, there could be a iPhone 14 Max, right, that is the iPhone 14, but bigger. Again, people like big things. Wait, is is that a rumor? Is that it's been talked about? Yeah, I don't know how. Like, I don't know how. So not the pro, like the regular one. Yeah, Yeah, it's been floating around for a while. I don't know. It just like it seems like such a. I don't know. Like some of the people, it just seems like the thing to do, in so many ways to me. I'd like it. I'd love to have it. Yeah. See, John's on board. I mean, if they get rid of the mini, but they do a bigger size, people are gonna be upset. And like you said, there's still room for a tiny one, you know. Don't name it MacBook. Like, for once, just fix your naming problem. Why isn't buying Apple computers like buying a T-shirt? You know, you pick the model and then you pick the size. Because T-shirts are really easy to buy and manage in very large quantities. 
computers tricky. But Apple ships the iPhone. Like nothing is hard. But also like <laughs> they have like a trillion dollars. Yeah. So like I feel like you reach a certain threshold of money. Anything is like everything can be easy if you really want to. Yeah, people talked about that in uh, in terms of like oh, bringing colors to more laptops. Like oh, it would be so hard. It's like after the <laughs> iPhone, nothing is difficult. Yeah. So they'll be fine. Like now making a car, now that is difficult. That's, you know? Yeah, that that could be tricky. Adding sizes Big car, and small car, car, cars, rockets. I mean, so what you know that kind of stuff. What we have decided today is that there needs to be six different sizes of all max and then of everything like i i honestly like you may think that i'm kidding but i'm really not kidding i honestly think there should be multiple size and color options for everything because right now if you look at apple's lineup it's like they believe in personalization and and flexibility in the lineup but Mm -hmm. only they only go so far they they like tease you with flexibility and options but then they don't really have that many when you think about it. Mm-hmm. And they have a very inconsistent lineup when it comes to size options and when it comes to color options. I mean, the color story is all over the place. But the size story, I don't understand why the iPad has such an expensive lineup when it comes to sizes. But then you look at the MacBook Air, like Steven said, and there's only one model. Or just Mac laptops in general, right? Where now, Or just Mac laptops in general. Now there's an extra the size, iMac. but only because they want they made the screen a bit big. But it's like... It's 13, 14, 16, like that's it. Uh, but they're not even the same product line. Yeah. So I feel like w- with all that money, there should be more consistency when it comes to colors and more options when it comes to sizes. I, 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 um, it's starting to get a bit tiring, in my opinion, this thing of, oh, pro devices are only big and regular people devices are only small. Why isn't there an iPad Pro that is smaller than the 11-inch? Or why isn't there, you know, like the iPhone Pro capabilities in a smaller form factor? I feel like, I know that it's a challenging thing to do, especially for supply chain and all the kind of stuff and the pandemic and the chip shortage. Like, I understand all of that. But more, like, ideologically speaking, if you will, that to me feels like the right approach. You pick the kind of computer that you want. Yeah. And then it's about color and size. I do feel like you would struggle to get a lot of the good parts of an iPad Pro in a mini form factor though, now, right? Sure, I understand that. So whenever as much as po- as much as science allows, yep. that's that should be the the qualifier there. As much as science allows, uh I would welcome more size configurations for all of their devices. So, like, if we took the iPad and laid that over the Mac, you would have, like, consumer-focused 11-inch or 12-inch, right? Then consumer-focused, say, 13 or 14, Pro 13 or 14, say Pro 14, and then Pro 16. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, that then you would be kind of matching up, right? Which even that just sounds much it just sounds nicer, right? That you would have a little bit more options. I guess that would also be similar to the if you took the iPhone and applied it to the Mac as well. So what's kind of missing at the moment is a another consumer option, which goes back to what Stephen's saying. But then maybe with the Mac, it's actually better to have 
a larger size come into the lineup than a smaller size because I think I think that would hit more people. An 11 inch MacBook Air sounds great, but I think you would make more people more happy if you made like a 15 inch MacBook Air to go along with the 13. I don't know. Yeah, just it was just interesting to think about what they could do towards the bottom of the lineup because clearly that M1 Touch Bar MacBook Pro is not going to stay. Right. So we know something is going to happen. And I can't imagine that they want a thousand dollars in between the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro starting prices. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Squarespace, the all in one platform to build your online presence and run your business. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, they've got you covered. Squarespace combines cutting edge design and world class engineering making it easier than ever to establish your home online and to make your ideas a reality. Squarespace has everything you need to create a beautiful and modern website. You start with a professionally designed template and then use drag and drop tools to make it your own, customizing the look and feel, the settings, the products you have on sale, everything with just a few clicks. And of course, all Squarespace websites are optimized for mobile visitors, so your content is going to look great for them too, no matter what device they're using. There's nothing to patch or upgrade with Squarespace. Their free unlimited hosting comes not only with top-of-the-line security, but also award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. And they have tools for getting a domain name, uh, all the tools you need for SEO, and as well, uh, email marketing. So we use Squarespace to build our Mag Tricky website for our merchandise. I built it in a, f- a few hours, got to really get in there, make fun colors, add the images, set up the store, connect it to Stripe. It was all really easy, and all the tools I needed were already built into Squarespace. So head on over to squarespace.com connected for a free trial with no credit card required. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code connected to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com connected. If you decide to sign up, use the offer code CONNECTED to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of CONNECTED and all of Relay FM. John, you wrote this piece about shortcuts uh, on the Mac and applications that were taking advantage of it. Uh, I know even just today as we're recording, Craft was updated with a bunch of Mac shortcut actions. Uh, how is that going? Do you feel like developers are getting on board? I do. And it's really kind of the silver lining of shortcuts for Mac because it, you know, the app itself is rough. I know you guys have talked about that a lot. I talked about it in my review, but developers seem to be very much on board, which is a fantastic thing. I mean, I think if Apple really needs to move on shortcuts and improve it rapidly because they don't, they shouldn't squander the goodwill that they've got from third-party developers because a lot of developers have incorporated incorporated it and it's not just the apps that are available on iOS or iPadOS too. I mean there are you know apps that are Mac only that are coming out with shortcuts integrations and some really interesting uses too. So I'm hoping that you know we'll see we'll see this trend continue but Apple really does need to pay some attention to the app so it's easier to use. Yeah, I think one of the good things about more Mac apps, or, or of the, at least the ones that I use, getting updated with shortcut support is I never have to open shortcuts on the Mac to do anything. Like, you know, like I just, they work. Right. 
So like a lot of the issues with shortcuts for Mac are in the app, right? Like it's it's a buggy experience in a lot of places to actually build some shortcuts right now. But I like so for all of my time tracking related shortcuts or shortcuts that do something with Timery, I don't need to do anything because Timery's already supported it. So I haven't had to go in and tweak anything. I haven't yet hit on any of the shortcuts that I've wanted to run the thing where it's like, hey, you can't do this. Yeah, no, that's very true with a lot of apps, especially if they started out on the iPhone or the iPad. And then, you know, the Mac only apps, the two that I would call out that are doing a really doing some really interesting stuff is Better Touch Tool, which has something like three dozen actions that control just about anything the app can do. And, and the app can run shortcuts itself. So there's a lot of potential there for coming up with some really interesting things that run, you know, scripts and other system level stuff on your Mac. And Pixelmator Pro, which has another huge set of its image editing tools all built into shortcuts now, because that's not an app you can get on the iPad or the iPhone. And those two, those two are real, really stand out in my mind. But you know, you've got all the iOS and iPadOS apps that you'd expect, like Craft that Steven mentioned, and Drafts, and Bear, Ulysses things, uh, OmniFocus. OmniFocus is kind of interesting because they've built their their Omni uh, automation tools into their shortcuts actions. So you can access those on the Mac and use their scripting and other tools that are built into that as part of the shortcuts that you build. That's a that's kind of a philosophical approach that I'm not so sure that I agree with, only because it requires people to learn their system and shortcuts, whereas they could have gone the route of like Better Touch Tool, for instance, and simply built all the stuff you can do in Omni out Omni automation as actual actions with parameters and that kind of thing. But, you know, I think time will tell where where developers land on that and whether the approach that Omni has taken is going to be more standard or whether they'll, you know, developers will go a different direction. I mean, I feel like it's kind of going against the idea of what Shortcuts is for, right? Yeah, it, yeah, it is and it isn't. And it's like one of these funny things because I feel a little bit the same way about AppleScript and Shortcuts where... I'm very happy that AppleScript is available in shortcuts. However, one of the issues that I always had with Automator was that any time I wanted to do something complicated, I felt like I had to fall back to AppleScript or some other scripting. And I don't want AppleScript to end up being the crutch for shortcuts. Shortcuts has to build all the things in that people need to go out to AppleScript for, otherwise shortcuts exactly. on the Mac isn't going to be as good in the long run. It's not actually going to replace anything. Right, exactly. So, and, that, and right now, I mean, Apple did a great job introducing a whole bunch of automator actions as part of shortcuts for Mac, but that's where it stopped. I mean, that was all there in the first beta and nothing really changed during the course of the beta period of any significance. So I think they really need to, I mean, they need to demonstrate that they're going to start building those things out. Do you have any examples of the kinds of things that you would like to see that they don't allow for? Yeah, one that's right at the top of my list is that the Safari actions just don't work properly. I mean, on iOS, you have the ability to... Um, grab articles using Safari Reader and to get get web pages from Safari, and that is built into 
that's built into the Mac version. However, it doesn't work. And so like Jason Snell wrote about this recently, and I wrote about it in my review, and he and I have been talking about it a little bit. You have to, if you want to do something as simple as grabbing selected text and combining it with a link, for instance, to do a block quote, you have to have two different paths in your shortcut. You have your iOS path and your Mac path that has to, it has to rely on AppleScript. Yeah, and that's really the problem. Like, uh, and it's so weird because they did the work to make sure that Safari actions coming from iPhone and iPad they would be recognized right. by the Mac, so you can see them in the Mac version of shortcuts. But they just don't work because they're just not hooked up to shortcuts at all. And when John says you cannot get web pages, the real big problem there is that Safari web page—that's the like the official name—it's a default type in shortcuts. You know how you have types in shortcuts, right? You have image or mm -hmm. media or music. And Safari yep. web page is one of them. It's one of the default types. And the Safari web page contains a bunch of properties. It's got the title of the web page. It's got the link. Uh, it's got the selection. Um, and then if you parse the web page as an article, you can get even more properties, like the author or the word count or the body text, all that kind of stuff. It just doesn't work on the Mac. It's just not there. And so you got all these shortcuts that work with Safari. They just don't work. They, all you can do is you can get the URL of, of a tab on the Mac. And that is a, an old automator action that was re, sort of translated for shortcuts. And so you got this weird uh, mix of, oh, you can see the actions coming from your iPhone and iPad for Safari, but they don't work. And if you want to use Safari on the Mac, you got to use this old action from Automator. And you want to get more data out of Safari on the Mac, you got to use AppleScript. And I feel like part of the problem here and part of my problem with, with, with stuff that I've seen in apps like the, the, the Omni Group stuff, for example, for automation, is this old mindset of the automation tool is just the shell that lets you put together the real automation underneath via scripting. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like as much as I love, you know, I love these folks and I love Sal Sagoyan working on, on the Omni automation stuff, but that's the old mindset. That doesn't take, if Apple is saying, if Apple is saying shortcuts for Mac is the future of automation on Apple platforms, um, that is in direct opposition to this mindset of, oh yeah, the visual automation is the shell, but the real automation is the script. I welcome the ability to run scripts alongside my shortcuts, but that shouldn't be the primary interface on my shortcuts. And that's the problem with all of this. Oh yeah, just fall back to AppleScript or, oh yeah, just fall back to the shell. Like that's good to have as a, as a side tool for specific tasks but it shouldn't be the main interface that people have to use. Well, because that's where it loses a user like me, right? Like when when that's what has to happen, I'm I'm done because I I don't even fully understand how to use a lot of the like right stuff inside of shortcuts, right? Like there's a lot of stuff inside of shortcuts that I don't understand how to use. Let alone now that I would have to go out and write an Apple script to get something to work. Like the inbuilt stuff, some of it is too complicated for me or is too confusing for me. You know, like, oh, just use the get. Like, like uh, no, I'm done. Like, I'm, uh, uh, you, you've lost me now, you know? So yeah. I like when I can build things 
pretty visually and it's got like different you know like the, the apps are working out nicely you know you know one thing that you mentioned john about like the uh the, the mac knowing where it's come from like i keep seeing people talk about the the like the, there's a shortcut action that you can tell which device you're on and then run a shortcut based on that so you would replicate is are you all doing this like where you would have like oh if you're on a mac run it this way if you're on an ipad or iphone run the shortcut this way yeah, you can do that. And it's you could just create a conditional block and then you set the device you, you check the device type basically. And if it's a Mac, you go down one path with one set of actions. And if it's, you know, an iPhone or an iPad, you go down another path. And for these kind of Safari type shortcuts, the you know, the actions are completely different. There's very little in common. So you can do it one of two ways. You can do that and go down you know, have multiple paths, or you can just create separate shortcuts. I, when I did the review, I created just some Mac shortcuts because I'm not really keen on overcomplicating my shortcuts with a bunch of conditionals. You know what I mean? This is what I was going to ask because, like, I've created some Mac shortcuts. I heard on Mac Power User Stephen you saying you've done the same. We've actually done the same thing. I have a folder called Mac, and I've been putting them in there. But I figured something that maybe people were doing or you could do is to create two shortcuts, but then you only have one shortcut and that one shortcut checks what device you're on and then runs the other shortcut, right? Right, absolutely. Yeah, you can do it. And I know Jason's done this. I mean, he wrote an article about it. I think it was last week about it, what he's doing. And I mean, he and I have talked about this quite a bit and, and Federico about this stuff because, I mean, obviously one of the very first shortcuts I try to set up was based on Safari. It's just what we do working on the internet is deal with Safari all day long. And the fact that Safari is fundamentally broken and that the share sheet isn't available, the share button, you know, Apple did an amazing job of putting shortcuts everywhere on the Mac. I mean, even the touch bar, which it's discontinued basically, is, you know, a place you can trigger a shortcut. But the share button isn't one of those. And that, I, you know, some of my very most important shortcuts that I use are based on the share sheet. And it's not all Safari-based stuff. It's like go to the App Store and grab an App Store URL and shoot it over to Trello for the Club Mac Stories newsletter. You know, that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, the, I guess the silver lining, though, Mike, is that so many developers are supporting this. And I hope that that continues because it really... it. It solves the problem that you raised, which is you don't want to have to learn another system. You don't want to have to fall back to AppleScript because this Mac app that you use doesn't support shortcuts. So far, a lot have. And my article has 27 of them in it. And since then, a whole bunch more have come out. So there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of support out there. I just hope it, it continues. Yeah, I think it will. I mean, it's still early days, and I think there are developers who want to see how it sorts out before they jump in. And I think in particular around some of the stuff that we've spoken about of not you know, having to do weird things so your shortcuts can work on either platform. You know, some of that I feel like like Apple should be able to abstract that away from users, and for whatever reason they they haven't, and I'd like to see them really tidy some of that up. I think if you if you if you look closely and if you pay attention you can see that they are aware of this kind of stuff and, and they are making some changes. Um 
I, I, I want to point out a couple of things. Uh, one of the additions to shortcuts in iOS and uh, iPadOS 15 is the next action suggestions. Those uh, sit at the bottom of the shortcut editor when you're making a shortcut. They just, you know, the, the editor is just suggesting the next action that you want to put in. So they're making it easy for people to connect multiple steps together. Some of those suggestions are a little too generic for my taste, but I think the system is getting better. I've actually tapped on those suggestions a few times myself, starting with uh, 15.1. The other change, they are aware of the fact that people are going to be making these shortcuts that have different conditions based on the computer that you're running the shortcuts from. And they have made device details a default variable in shortcuts. It didn't used to, it, like it wasn't this way before. Now, if you just create a blank, like an empty, a new shortcut, and it's blank, it doesn't have anything in it. And you can test this yourself. You add a single text action to it, and it's empty. You tap into it, the keyboard comes up, and if you look above the keyboard, you will see the device details is now a default, a default variable. That variable contains the, the name of the computer that you're currently using. So it says iPhone, iPad, or Mac. And more than that, they have made device details a default variable in the conditional if blocks. So if you add an if block to a shortcut and it doesn't have any parameter set, when you tap on the empty blue field, you will see device details as a default option. So they know that folks are going to be making the shortcuts that uh, are structured like, if this is a Mac, do this. If this is an iPhone, do that. But I wonder if there's maybe a more intuitive way to present this information, both visually and functionally. It seems like one step too many to say, oh, you want to have this behavior on the Mac? You have to build it manually yourself, like drag in the if block and then tap on the parameter. Like, I wonder if maybe there's a more visual menu system that they could do where you literally see like branching paths maybe or something like that. And I wonder if in the future of shortcuts, that's a possibility that we could see. If people are going to be making the shortcuts that run different branches depending on the computer you're using, we're so used to seeing the automator-like UI in shortcuts, you know, top to bottom. It's always been this way, even since the days of workflow. I wonder if maybe in the future we could see something more similar to Quartz Composer or the Alfred workflow UI, hmm. you know, where it's like yeah. the sort of mind map style with the nodes and the branches. Maybe that could be an optional mode. I don't know. But I can tell you that if people are going to be making these shortcuts with more and more actions, and people are going to be more familiar with shortcuts, you know? And Apple itself is helping you make shortcuts with more actions, with these suggestions and all these things they're doing. The vertical uh, view becomes a bit of work. And sure, you can um, collapse and expand blocks of actions now, but I still wonder if maybe in the future of shortcuts there could be a new and optional view system where it's uh, it's not vertical, it's horizontal now. So uh, I've been wondering about that too. I know we've been complaining about some of it, but I'm super glad that it's here. And it is already... I love that I have yeah. it. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, just I have three shortcuts that I've run all the time, and now I can run them on my Mac and I don't have to pick up my iPhone for it. 
I'm very happy about that. Yeah, and and I sometimes think I come off as too negative about it because I do have a lot of complaints about shortcuts for Mac, but I'm actually extremely excited about it and going to be spending a lot of time building new shortcuts and writing about them on Mac stories because I think Apple is committed and I think Apple is going to fix these problems, but we're going to be kind of loud about it until they do because it shipped in a state that was more like a beta than it was a finished app. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it should, if it was going to be in beta form, it really should have been called a beta, I think. Look, look, if we didn't care, we wouldn't talk about it like clips. (laughs) <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, you said that. Why didn't they just call this a beta from the beginning? I don't know because there's plenty of other things in Monterey that are labeled a beta, like Private Relay. There's zero reason. Like, if it's brand new and you knew it was going to be a lot of work, just call it a beta, and like, so much would be forgiven. Because then we go, well, you know, I know it's a beta, but but we don't say any of that. It's like, no, this shipped in the operating system. We're real bad. Well, it, <laughs> it's it's a combination of it shipped and they said it's the future of automation on the Mac, and they were very right. They were very firm about that at WWDC, and we took them at their word for it. And I still think it's true. I just think that if it is the future of the Mac, they've got some work to do. Maybe next year there there will be another shortcuts redesign. I don't know. Is there another UI framework we can use over here for the next shortcuts (laughs) update? Because we use them all. We're we're out of UI frameworks over here with this app, so uh, maybe maybe now we're Marzipan. set. Marzipan, so. we're going to Marzipan. Remember that? Remember Marzipan? That, that used to be a thing. Marzipan used to be a thing. I um, think that is Swift UI, right? I thought it was Catalyst. No, it's it's Catalyst. Uh, there was another one which it was at another code name, and that was Swift UI, which is the declarative one, right? Ah, uh, what was the code? Yeah, okay, code I know what name. you mean. It had a code name. A- Amber, M- Amber, says Amber. yes, yes, that was with UI. I think that about does it this week. Uh, if you want to find links to the stories we spoke about, head on over to the website, relay.fm slash connected slash 370. There you can uh, get in touch with feedback or follow-up. You can also become a member and receive longer ad-free versions of the show each and every week. Uh Thank you all who are have signed up for Connected Pro. If you haven't, go do it. Get connectedpro.co or just right there on the episode page. It's very handy. Uh, John, thank you for joining us. Where can people find you on the internet? They can find me at maxstories.net, of course, and uh, John Voorhees on both Twitter and Instagram. I do this on my show, J-O-H-N-V-O-R. H-W-S. Yeah, there it is. I was like, when he like, come on, say Talk to it. you next say week, it. Federico. <laughs> Ciao, John. <laughs> Ciao, Ch- 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 Michael. Do the thing. Do the thing. Do the thing. Yes. We're all Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at John right now. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, if you want to follow Mike on Twitter, he is I-M-Y-K. No, he's Joe H-N-V-O-R. J-O-H-N. V double O R H W S. Chat to you next time, Federico. <laughs> <laughs> Ciao, Mike. <laughs> Where uh, Federico is online too. Do y'all know his Twitter handle? J O H N V double O R. J O H N V. We're all John Boris today. We're all so. John uh, I've forgotten my Twitter handle. I think it starts with a J. O H N. V-O-O-R-R-H-E. 
E-E-S. Talk to you next week, Stephen. <laughs> Ciao, Federica. <laughs> you have a lot of letters in your name, John. Way too many. Uh, yes, people get it wrong a lot. That's why I spell it like I do, because people get it wrong all the time. Are you Jonathan? Yeah, no, I am not. I'm just, just John. Chen. Yep. Just John. His real name is Giovanni. Giovanni. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody calls, calls him John. John. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, StoryWorth, Bombus, and Squarespace. And until next time, guys, say goodbye. Arrivederci. MagTricky.com. Bye. Bye, y'all.